Kale, and welcome back to the Cosmic Crow. I'm Kelly, as usual, and today we have a very special guest. Her name is Lenore the Oracle. She is an uh, uh, intuitive tarot reader, a uh, jewelry creator, business owner, and she also manages a nonprofit organization for Native American families in need called uh, Washington Minority Resource Center. She is also a hand-poked tattoo artist and uh, tattoo designer, and she does some really, really amazing work. Hello, Lenore the Oracle. Hi, good morning. How are you? And the beautiful sunshine that's peeking through the window here. Yes, it's, and and I'm I'm a few uh like what was it two hours ahead of you, I think. This yeah. is such a beautiful day today. Oh my goodness, it's so nice outside, and the little birdies are dancing around yeah. in, in our bird bath and stuff. It's nice. Oh, <laughs> love yeah, it. It's beautiful here too. Sun is shining bright. Yeah, love it. I love this weather. <laughs> Me too. So. You are a very interesting woman, and uh, we have all kind of things to talk about. But first, I wanted to give you kind of a chance to just talk about yourself and uh, tell us about who you really are. So, who is Lenore the Oracle, and why does she do what she does? <laughs> yeah, I always feel kind of uh, awkward talking about myself. Yeah. So I don't. <laughs> I never have this like list of oh this is me and then my life and everything. But um, why I do what I do, I don't know. I've just always felt a calling towards the the supernatural for sure. When I was a kid, that was really uh, something that spoke to me, and I was very into. Uh, spirits and stuff like that and witchcraft at a pretty young age and um, so the occult and all that kind of stuff always just really called to me and um, I started probably when I was 14 or something with uh, tarot cards and stuff like that and um, I just sort of kind of had a knack for it so I, I would read for my friends and my family and stuff, and everyone was like, wow, you know, you really uh, seem to have a knack for this. And uh, I just kept kind of going with it throughout the years, you know. I, I would put it down at times, focus on other things, you know, and um, and then just pick it back up. And I finally uh, realized, you know, this is something that I love doing. I love uh, helping people. and doing reading, so I'm going to kind of focus on that more and, and make that a, like a daily thing because I enjoy doing it, so uh, I was trying to manifest, you know, happiness in my life and doing stuff that I enjoy doing and cut out a lot of things that I just didn't like in my life, so I was left with tarot cards and art and the art thing kind of rolled into this tattooing and I really enjoyed it and I just I found this new passion and uh I just I love what I do so I feel blessed every day that I can do these things and that I've found stuff that I I really enjoy doing so that's uh kind of where I'm at right now that's awesome too like and I've seen a lot of your designs they are so gorgeous I love uh, these designs, and I, and I saw the, the stuff that you were printing on cloth, mm -hmm. 
you know, you're really, really good at creating these uh, designs, and uh, I just, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, so I've watched uh, a lot of your YouTube videos, and I love to hear the things that you have to say on there. Uh, you do sort of generalized energy readings for, for mm-hmm. the day or whatever, and I really like to, to see that and to listen to you. You're very genuine. I feel, and uh, but one of the one of the really interesting topics that uh, you shared on your YouTube channel was the INFJ thing. So I have a question about that because I sort of understand it, but I wanted to give you a chance to to explain it. So what does INFJ actually stand for, and what does it mean to someone like yourself? INFJ. Um so it's all based on uh, uh, Meyer Briggs personality testing. Oh, she yeah. Up, yeah, she came up with this whole uh, theory on how you can break down people's uh, personalities, and the letters just stand for different things like I is intuitive and uh, feeling for F and J is judgment, and um, I forget what the N is. But so every letter stands for something, and you can have the, a different combination of all these different letters. Um, there's more than INFJ. There's like a ton of different um, things, and you can have different combinations depending on what um, what you use the most of. So like I'm an INFJ, so intuition is my main function. Mm-hmm. But for somebody else, it could be an S-N-O-P or something because their main function is feeling. So they would be S would be their first function. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's a test you can take online. She has, like, you can take her. There's a bunch of tests, like, um, people that say that uh, they have, like, multiple questions, but it's not actually Meyer-Briggs. It's, like, their own version of it. So I wouldn't suggest going that route, but she has her own, like, website, and you can actually take her real authentic test. That's what I would suggest if somebody's trying to figure out what they are. And take it, you know, maybe a few times. I know I took uh, the test maybe three times just to make sure. Um, at different times, you know, I'd give, I'd give it, like, a couple months and then try it again because um, sometimes, like, if you're in a certain mood, I think even it could maybe like change how you might answer some questions and stuff. And um, I just wanted to make sure that like that was my personality type before I went on like YouTube or something saying, claiming like, this is me, you know, right. <laughs> make sure that, <laughs> that I know this is me and I read all about it. And I was like, yes, yeah, this resonates with me. I don't believe those tests are like 100%. Obviously we all kind of, vary in how we are like every INFJ is going to be a little different and and stuff so um I can't speak for everyone on that fact so when I was doing my YouTube um channel where I was talking about being an INFJ it just comes from my perspective I know that there's other INFJs that might disagree with me slightly or they have a different kind of uh you know perspective on 
what being an INFJ is, but I feel generally we all kind of see the world through the same, like, ideology and stuff like that. So there's this uh, kind of common ground. It's cool. Um, it's cool to just connect because INFJ is one of the most rare personality types, and you can feel, go throughout your life kind of feeling like, alone and misunderstood and stuff that's a really common thing for INFJs and so when you can find a platform where you can sort of connect with other people and get feedback it makes you feel more validated and like okay everything kind of makes sense like I'm just a little bit different and that's my personality type and uh you know I'm not just this weird alien. <laughs> That's always how I talk. Like I'm an alien from another world or something. No one gets me. Um, so now I, I can kind of be like, if somebody's like, wow, you're so weird. I don't understand you. I'm like, do you know about uh, Meyer Briggs and the INFJ? How about, here's a whole like page. You can see exactly like what you're dealing with. <laughs> you know, this is pretty much how I function. And, if you're not down with that, then, you know, we probably can't be friends, but um, it just, it kind of helps out because some people want to butt heads with me on it. Like, why do you think this? Why are you acting this way? I think you should do this. And I'm like, look, uh, I'm 36 years old by now. I'm not going to turn into this crazy different person that is ideal for you. This is who I am. So if, if what I do really irks you, you might want to either just take me with a grain of salt and go and just accept who I am, or maybe I'm not your type of person and you want to, you know, go find somebody else that you match up with better. Right. That, it, it totally makes so much more sense to me now. <laughs> um, yeah. But how did you find out about this, this test and all of this stuff? Um. It was actually quite a while ago um, when my daughter was pretty young. She was at school one day, and I was just on the Internet, and I think it might have been Facebook that somebody posted their results, and there was a link. And uh, so I read about um, the Meyer-Briggs test and everything and about her and what the whole thing entailed, and I was really intrigued because it was different from any other personality test. Um, that I've ever done, like, way more in-depth and stuff, and uh, there's, like, this psychology behind it and, and everything, if you read about her, so uh, I was just intrigued, and I was like, well, I really want to know what my results are, but I had done other personality tests, and they just were kind of, like, generic, and I felt like, man, it doesn't really encompass who I really am, but this test actually was pretty spot on for me and it was one of the first tests that it tells you what you're like in a relationship it tells you what you're like at work what kind of jobs are most suiting for you um how you act with your friends like all kinds of things and it was just it it was really pretty spot on for me and i was like oh wow it it helped me see myself in a different light and it also helps because it tells you like what your strong suits are but it also tells you um the things you can work on so it kind of opened my eyes to like 
uh, how I can react a little differently when it comes to friends and family when I go into that like introvert mode and I kind of close myself off from people. Um, I can at least acknowledge that this is what I'm doing instead of people always, oh, why do you just run away or why do you need so, so much time alone or whatever? And they take offense to it. Now I can be like, oh, this is me. This is how I process things. And I'll be back in a day or two or however long it takes me, but this is just how I process like a lot of stimulation and I just need like a break and people are like oh okay I get it and it <laughs> and then there's not this big fight <laughs> it it causes better communication between people and I think a deeper bond if you understand where each other's coming from you know yeah self-acceptance you know yeah. like, uh, being more aware and having more self-acceptance probably affects the way you interact with other people uh, in a big way. I can imagine that. Definitely. It's true, though, because in the past, uh, I would just kind of categorize myself as, like, being different or being outcast. And then you sort of get this attitude about you where other people don't understand you. Yes. Um, it's kind of like a little, it's uninviting, I guess is the right word. You kind of have this wall up because you think, oh, they're going to be judgmental or they're not going to like me because I do this and this and this. And and there is almost like a, like you're not accepting yourself for who you really are. Mm-hmm. So then you think, well, they're not going to accept me either. So you just kind of close people off. And with this, I was like, it was eye-opening because it was like, self-acceptance came into play and really seeing what I was doing and why I was doing it because a lot of times we just do things and we know we're doing it but we can't explain to somebody else why and they don't understand why and then you're both just like frustrated um so yeah that's 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 how it helps me and that's why I talk about it I think um I just think it's good to have that self-awareness and know how you react to situations and why and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's uh, fascinating. I think I might have to find this test and take it for myself and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I suggest uh, all my friends take it. <laughs> so um, you are also a tarot reader. Um, I, I love all the reviews that you do on your channel for the uh the cards the decks um mm-hmm. and uh the readings and stuff that you do they're just awesome i think and so how long have you been reading cards since i was probably about 14 like i was dabbling in it but i wouldn't say it was uh like a serious thing it was just doing it for friends and family on occasion you know um, kind of learning more about it, and then in my early 20s, I, I picked up Wicca, and that's when I got more into it as like a serious uh, definition tool, like for friends and family and stuff. Mostly, I didn't really read for myself because I was under this understanding that you can't read cards for yourself. But uh, I'm starting to kind of change my mind on that. I don't think that's necessarily true in all cases but if you believe it's true then it is true 
you have a mental block and you think, I can't read for myself, then you, you definitely won't get good results, you know what? Absolutely. Um, yeah, very much a mental thing. And, and I've noticed with other people as well, because uh, most of my, my readings have been really accurate, and I've only had about two people um, over the years that were really looking at me like, oh, yeah, I just don't get this, you know, but yeah. they both come, <laughs> if you come to me with this energy, like you're either A, trying to test me out and see if I'm right or wrong or if I'm a, a fake or whatever, you already have an energetic block that you need to be a willing participant in the whole thing, you know, because it, it's not just my energy. It's that people have this misunderstanding that only read tarot cards like you just know all these answers and the cards are just going to tell you everything, but right. I need this other person's energy and I need them to be like open and coming to me and meeting me on that like 5D level. But if they're stuck somewhere and they're like either thinking this is all, all BS or she's a fraud or this doesn't work or whatever, I'm going to get some weird results, you know, sometimes like, uh, this one guy, he got all swords, everything was swords. It was like king of swords, queen of swords, page of swords. Every <laughs> every card was a sword card. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, hey, this is so weird because I've never done a reading where every card I pick. And I shuffled the deck. I did everything like I normally do. And I'm like, I've never just gotten one suit where it's just straight up the whole thing and I look at him and I'm like are you really guarded right now because that's the vibe I'm getting with all these swords like you're a very guarded person you're trying to protect yourself and your energy and uh he apparently was in the witchcraft and stuff and he goes yeah I put up a I put up a shielding like uh an energy shield and a protection thing and all this other stuff and I was like well, I, he's like, other people have problems reading my cards for me, too. I just wanted to see if you could. And I said, well, I guess your protection spell's working because I can't really get anything either. Yeah, if you're serious about getting a reading, you might want to let me into your energy. You know? Right. I don't think people really understand that because, like, I, I've, I did readings for uh, 15 years for people, you know. And when when these people come to you and they're like, they, they have zero confidence in what you're doing whatsoever. They don't understand that what I do is connect to their energy. You yeah. know, and if they have that disconnect or that wallop or they are completely convinced uh, of something, then it's going to obstruct the connection. You know, and people people really just don't understand that, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. They, they see it as its own entity, like tarot cards are its own entity, and they're going to just give you insight, but it's not like that. Like, you have to, uh, my energy has something to do with it, but their energy definitely does, and it, you just know that as you start reading tarot cards more often, you realize how stuck some people are in their mm -hmm. own energy field and how how it's harder to read for those kinds of people. Right. And sometimes I just get frustrated and I want to help them, but it's like, I can't, I'm sorry, you have a blockage and I just... Wait, 
There's a two yeah. street, you know, like <laughs> oh man. <laughs> or they want just crazy answers like um like I'm an intuitive tarot card reader and I pay attention to getting uh channeled messages from spirit while I'm doing it, you know. I can pick up sometimes things in people's energy and stuff like that and like I've had um I've had visualizations of I was reading cards for one lady and I could feel all this pain and she, I could see her she was talking about her brother passing away and I saw it in my mind where he passed away in her house and it was of a heart attack and she said Yes, my brother passed away on the couch. He was overweight and he passed away from a heart attack. And I had seen that all in my mind because I don't know if I was picking up the visuals of what she kept replaying in her mind or what it was, but that's what I picked up on. And uh, and she was like, wow, that's spot on. And it was kind of eerie because I don't usually get that clear of, like, visions when I'm reading from people. Right. I'll just get kind of snippets or something. Um, but that one was really clear. But I'll have people ask me things like, uh, what does my soulmate look like? And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can try. I can definitely sit there and try. But most likely, spirit's not going to give that to me, you know, and it. If you've never met this person and it's they're not even in your energy field right now, like I'm pick up who they are because I'm picking up their the the person I'm reading and picking up their energy. I I can't just, you know, try and feel out like who this random soulmate is that this person's ever met. So sometimes the questions are a little bit crazy, like, when am I gonna meet them? You know, I don't know. Try, Time doesn't work like that. Like our the linear time that we follow, that's not the time that, you know, the universe follows. And even if in my head I see you guys married and it seems like six months from now, it could be 10 years down the road. Like I can't give you that that answer, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. But people, uh, people usually want the, uh, the, the readings that are stereotyped through the big screen <laughs> you know yeah that's what they that's what people think, expect I think sometimes yeah and the thing that uh not to be mean to my fellow tarot readers and people that are legit but there's a lot of people faking it and they play off of that oh yeah in six months you'll meet your soulmate they're six feet tall with black hair you know they'll they'll play into that they'll tell you everything you want to hear and it's they're they're just doing it for the money, right? But uh, I know that uh, me and you had had a discussion about this sort of thing before, and uh, just just hearing you talk about that makes me think about it. Uh, some of this stuff will happen depending on the person who's getting it, depending on their um, their faith and confidence in that information because we can actually create this stuff if we believe it enough you know so Mm -hmm. some people who are out there just trying to make money some of them will be right because we create a lot of what happens to us 
you know? Yeah. That's yeah, that's definitely. the kicker. That that'll kick you in the ball. Yeah. <laughs> if if you wanna believe it, you can manifest it and then yes, the reader was right, you know. Right. But you did all the work, you manifested it into reality. What is your favorite tarot deck? Well, right now I've been using this deck called Eight Coins Tattoo Tarot. And uh, I love the story behind it because I, it kind of looks like a booklet. It's really well done. The box is really nice. It comes with uh, uh, a colored uh, book and everything with all the meanings and stuff. And in the beginning, she talks about what made her uh, create the deck in the first place. And I just love the story behind it because she used to be an architect and she just wasn't feeling it anymore, you know. She wanted to kind of transition into becoming a tattoo artist. And uh, she started by doing this project where she would uh, draw tarot cards like every day. And that's how this, that project came about and that, that's how she created her deck. But it's not just the tarot deck because she puts the numbers of the, like she, every day she would pick a new card or whatever to work on, or maybe every week. I don't know how long it took her to do each card, but um, she, she has a number down at the bottom so you can see when her very first card was that she drew. And she puts them in the deck. There's like, Three, I want to say that she redid because they were like her very first cards and they just weren't as up to par as the other ones. Um, so there's some that are like black and white, just kind of sketch drawings. And then you can see how she progresses as she gets further and further into the deck. You can see how the art gets better and better and more uh, cohesive, if you want to call it that. Like, um, you can just see her progression, and I think that's pretty cool because it goes beyond just if you're an artist like me and you like tattoos, it's like everything, you know, tarot, art, and tattoos, so I had to get it. <laughs> wow. That sounds really cool. I'm going to have to go check uh, her site out or something. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, I know yeah. that uh, you had your own spiritual awakening of sorts uh and mm -hmm. i know that they can be very uncomfortable is something that i've tried to discuss to to help yeah. people out when they're going through that can you tell me about your experience and whatever details that you're willing to share yeah it was pretty um intense and uh, crazy um this was back in 2013 uh, and I had always been like I said I had always been like spiritual and into uh, the occult and meditating and witchcraft and stuff like that so it it wasn't like it um like I had no knowledge of any of these things and I just suddenly opened my eyes one day and all this crazy stuff started to happen so you know I was prepped to some degree for what was going to happen but um I just, I wasn't expecting it at that time, and I was kind of going, it was, it kind of started when I was going through some emotional stuff. I started having a lot of, like, anxiety, 
my daughter was pretty young at the time and I was in a marriage where I felt trapped and I wasn't doing what I wanted to do and uh, I was just in that stage of life where I I was kind of unsure of everything and I started uh, doing this meditation and all of a sudden I felt this like surge go through my spine um, and it felt I, I wrote a poem afterwards because it was the, one of the weirdest things that I've ever experienced and the poem was called uh, Fire Serpent and because that's what it felt like it felt like this hot surge of energy going up the back of my spine into the back of my neck and then into my head and when I closed my eyes it was like I could see this sort of energetic serpent type thing and I was like this is just this is crazy I've never had a feeling like this before all my senses were just it was like I was hyper aware of everything after that and I didn't do it on purpose I didn't set out to uh, have this awakening like it, like I did or anything, um, just kind of happened organically like that, and uh, I started uh, I started wondering what the hell was going on with me because I just felt so different afterwards and stuff. And of course, you know, modern day age, so I'm on the internet. What's going on? <laughs> I'm like surfing or fire surfing. I'm doing all these searches trying to figure out what could possibly be going on. And uh, I kept getting, like, kundalini and kundalini awakening. And I had heard of kundalini before because I did some belly dancing. And there's yeah. some news and stuff. And they talk about kundalini, but I never, I, I didn't really know what it was. I just, like, I heard the word, but I didn't really know, like, what it uh, was really about or anything. Um so I don't know if somehow I had activated it doing a belly dance thing and then it came on during a meditation really strongly or something, but somehow I activated this thing and I wasn't prepared for it and it actually, it did freak me out. And <laughs> I, it wasn't like I was trying to become an ascendant master and I was sitting there, you know, praying to become enlightened. It just, bam, it happened and it was really kind of scary and the stuff that I found about the kundalini that there were some or there actually are cases of people feeling like they're going insane when they activate it without knowing what's happening to them mm -hmm. and that's what I felt like so for me a lot of people talk about it in this kind of like romanticized like oh you know like awaken your sexual energy or something for me it wasn't even about sex it had nothing yeah. to do with with any of that like it was just uh crazy intense and uh I didn't know what to do and I kind of went through this like phase of uh more anxiety like this whole time I was trying to meditate and stuff to calm my anxiety but that just like spiked it because I didn't know what I was dealing with and I wasn't prepared for it and I, it's not like I had a teacher walking me through this and telling me it's okay or this is what's going on so I had to kind of like 
like find my way through this darkness almost. And right after that, I, I got hit with, if you want to call it like a dark night of the soul, um, depression. So I was having this anxiety, depression, hyper awareness, and I got diagnosed bipolar because of it. And that's when, uh, I don't know, that's when they started trying to get me to take medications and stuff. And, uh, I, but I was just starting to see the world in a way different light, like way different than I had ever seen the world, you know. It was like suddenly things were just becoming more apparent. And then uh, life had changed for me at that point. And there wasn't anything any medication could do to stop me from seeing what was going on but I felt like that's kind of what they wanted uh, just take some medicine calm down and stop thinking so much that's what I was told you think too much you need to just relax and, and stop worrying and um, I saw this one counselor and he was actually really into all that kind of stuff and he helped me he was the one who was like you really shouldn't be taking medication. And I don't think there's anything wrong with you. I don't think you're bipolar at all. I think you're highly intelligent. And I think that you are going through a spiritual awakening. And a lot of times this happens to people like in college when they start taking uh, drugs or hallucinogens or something like that. And he's like, somehow you awaken this on your own naturally. You didn't take any drugs to start this. But it's kind of the same thing, like you you just started seeing life differently now and there's not really a going back, so how about we work on strategies to kind of live life in the way it is now. And um, He really helped, but unfortunately, he wasn't very well. He, he had um, cancer and I ended up moving and we, had, we couldn't keep our sessions going. But I think I often think back on that time, and I, uh, I'm i very grateful for um, meeting him because he definitely changed the route that I was taking with the doctors and the medication, and he put me more on this natural path, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Wow, that's awesome. And, you know, yeah. I think, can can you imagine how many people in the world who go through this and and have never studied, you know, the way that you did. They have no uh, no clue whatsoever what's happening to them, and then yeah. they are diagnosed, and uh, then they start thinking a certain way about their own mind, and then they're put on medication, and they live the rest of their life like that. Can you imagine yeah. how many people are have experienced that? You know, if people yeah. only knew exactly what was happening. <laughs> because yeah. I, I mean, I I sort of did the th the same thing. Uh, when it happened to me, I wasn't expecting it. I knew I was in a situation um, of of I knew what was happening. You know, I knew what was going to happen in a sense that I knew it was going to change my life, but I didn't yeah. know that I was being directed toward that uh, specific path of of that awakening. You know, the fire serpent and all of that and when it happened I went to a doctor because I was worried about my heart and my brain was on fire <laughs> you yeah. know and, and they want me to take antipsychotics and 
and they they have they're sending a counselor to the house to see me and you know I'm starting to tell her look I'm I think I'm fine <laughs> I really yeah. am fine there's really nothing wrong with me I don't want to take medication you know but a lot of people don't have uh, an understanding of uh, the occult you know and right. these kinds of things so they don't have another direction to look toward for an explanation so I think a lot of people are extremely miserable with themselves because they don't understand themselves <laughs> you know yeah yeah and you also and, you you mentioned uh at the beginning of your awakening story that you were unsure and that, that's something that it, you were in a lot of anxiety and you were unsure about a lot of things that right. can trigger it by itself because one of the things that I've said in my writings is that um, ambivalence is the beginning of multidimensionality. And what mm -hmm. we've essentially experienced is the multidimensional self, all the, the pieces of ourselves and becoming aware of uh, those inside and outside and sure. being completely unsure in a state of that's a, that's a a place between worlds in a sense you know right. and with all of that anxiety and overstimulation boom it happens because at some point we will activate the root chakra through that anxiety and fear you know a lot of people don't realize that you can activate it through anxiety and fear <laughs> it's not just a sexual thing you know yeah. so it totally makes a lot of sense and people are experiencing this all over the world without any clue as to what's actually going on <laughs> you know yeah that makes so much sense now I hadn't really thought of uh, how how it was activated I just it just seems so out of the blue yeah and it happens a lot also um when people say that they ha they receive the Holy Spirit at church it happens yeah. through fear and one of the main uh one of the main things that we use in uh churches is the fear of God and so these people uh, they they become aware of uh, uh higher levels of an understanding of what it is they believe and right. that fear uh and anxiety of the unknown activates the root chakra <laughs> okay <laughs> So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it happens every single day. People are are lighting up, and they have no idea why or what it actually means. <laughs> it, but they it's also go home and think they're crazy. That's what I thought for a second. Yeah, crazy. But I knew I wasn't. But other people around me, like my husband at the time, who uh, knew nothing about the occult, didn't believe in any of that stuff. You know. He's just very much more of like an atheist mindset and nothing, everything's just kind of made up, you know, in right. his point of view. And he, yeah, he was one of the main people that was suggesting I take medication because he said, I've never witnessed this before. And he, he just didn't want to have to deal with it, I think. And <laughs> right. he went along with the whole, yeah, I think you're maybe you're bipolar. I don't know. <laughs> mm hmm 
Yeah. And uh, we also, too, have to think, you know, because uh, I would say maybe it would be easy to believe that if this is happening to a bunch of people all the time, wouldn't we all be on the same page? But that's not actually true <laughs> because yeah. when these things happen to us, they are, e even though it is a high spiritual experience, it's still colored with the beliefs that we have. Right. So, you know, it, it doesn't mean that we're all going to end up in the, in the same box spiritually, <laughs> but it is right. the same experience, you know? And you can, like, uh, I, I'm sure there were times when I was really in that mindset of, like, um, something's wrong with me and I'm going to go the route of psychology, psychiatrist and, and meditation and stuff. You can just put yourself in that box, too, and just mm -hmm. start calling yourself crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I was in that box for a while, and I was even on, like, forums for you know, anxiety, depression, bipolar, wow. pretty much anything. And you really get each other going because there's other people. And, and, you know, I love support groups, but at the same time, I don't think that was a very healthy place to be in. Cause well, and sometimes they can perpetuate what is wrong. Exactly. Yeah, that's the right word right there. <laughs> that's pretty much what would happen. And and you do it to each other, you know, because you're like telling each other, oh, well, you should really go back to your psychologist and have you tried this medication? And everybody's just getting each other to this like, I don't There's know. something wrong with me. Not, yeah, something's wrong with me. I'm broken. I need mm -hmm. medicine. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and eventually, uh, even though we put ourselves in all of these boxes, uh, to explore what is actually going on. Eventually, yeah. we have to make sure that all of them disappear. No more boxes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a it's a process that that's uh, different for everybody. But I think eventually we we must forget that the boxes exist, and it, it you know it's all perfect. Yeah. It's all perfect. <laughs> Yeah, and that goes along with a lot of that um, self-acceptance and stuff. It was a huge lesson for me in accepting myself and everything that I am, you know. Absolutely. So I want to ask you something. I haven't asked anybody this yet on the show, and I really, really am excited to hear what you have to say. Um, have you had any experiences of, like, major physical shifts? in the world around you like um i know a lot of people start having these weird mandela effect things you know and uh so did you experience any of that have you experienced the mandela effect or any like majorly noticeable physical thing that manifested uh that was strange <laughs> um yeah i i don't know uh if it's mandela effect necessarily but I have, uh, I have kind of, I guess it's a similar viewpoint on it that um, I, I think, I know there's different kind of conspiracies about it. Um, my feeling isn't necessarily that the world is being controlled and shifted into different dimensions. I mm -hmm. think that 
the world is always kind of we're we're going through different dimensions whether we want to or not and it's not really a government controlled thing that's at least my point of view on it isn't that that's a government controlled thing but i think and and i think it's possibly different for each person as they're going on this like awakening like um ascension journey of their own that it's possible that you can reach different dimensions at different stages of this journey and you kind of start merging with it. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, we might all kind of be on a different level throughout this whole process. Um, I definitely noticed some interesting things like um, I've had some visions of these other dimensions, especially in dreams. And I just know that they're different because it's different from any other type of dream I've ever had. And it's kind of like seeing a movie where I see myself and things are happening, but it's not like I'm in the body of myself, if you know what I mean. It's like I'm, I'm watching a movie that's taking place and there's someone that's like me, but they're different than me. And it's, because it's a different version of me in another dimension. And I've seen, like, people that I know from here, but also other people that I've never met before on this in this dimension. So, like, I think some people we know from other dimensions, some people are new people. Um, and I've seen her, what to me in a different dimension looks like and I even look different and then I started feeling about I don't know about two three weeks ago or something I started feeling a shift and I looked in the mirror and I I'm starting to look different in my face and it was really kind of like like I almost didn't recognize myself and it was an odd feeling like I don't know if this is good or bad or how I feel about this but I was taking some pictures and I'm like I definitely see something different like in my eyes or something and I was talking to another friend and he's really uh knowledgeable about all this stuff and he said oh yeah well that's happened to me and it's happened to one of my other friends and stuff like that it's Uh it's just kind of like emerging thing so um, <laughs> I'm still figuring out how all that works I don't all know for sure but I have noticed things like physical changes and appearance and stuff like that and so yeah to answer your question <laughs> yes I have <laughs> wow I know um my one of my good friends she her and her husband came to visit one time and uh, we talk about all kind of crazy stuff. She's like one of the few people that I can talk about some of this stuff with, you know. And um, she, her husband had a picture of a woman on his phone. And I looked at him, I looked him dead in the face and said, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> and he laughed and said, that's my girlfriend. And I thought he was serious, and I, I started, like, being mean to him. And Kim, she laughed, and she's like, what is your problem? That's me. And I, I said, no, it's not. 
<laughs> there is no picture of her that I've noticed uh, after that point. There's no picture of her that actually looks like she does to me. So I see her differently than everybody else does, which is very strange. <laughs> it's yeah. really weird. I thought that was weird. But uh, one of the biggest things that has happened uh, to me in the way of things physically changing is uh, someone that I knew very well that I went to school with had died uh, about 11 years ago around that time and he's alive now what? yes <laughs> people are coming back from the dead <laughs> it's, he's not the first one that I've noticed but he's the first one that I actually knew really well you know so I noticed I really noticed <laughs> and uh, wow. he's alive now I've seen him on Facebook talking to his mom having a conversation with his mom in the comments and I'm like how is that even possible? He's been dead for a long time. <laughs> I just gave me goosebumps. That's crazy. It's insane. Like some of the stuff that is happening, people are noticing some really interesting stuff. And I think uh, it, it's not it's not just uh, in, in a sense of a global thing that's happening. Like you were saying, it isn't just like this conspiracy of people that are changing the world. You know, and we have nothing, uh, we can't do anything about it. It's not like that. It's it's a individual thing as well, and we have a lot to do with it, you know. So. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I think it's easy to, to um, make it into a conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's easy to blame somebody else who you think is more powerful than you, but we're a whole lot yeah. more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. So, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, if you, even if you, uh, there's people out there who have had some experiences and they're like, oh, it just really chilled me and then they're closed off to it and they never experience it again. I, I think you can go that route too, where you can keep mm -hmm. experiencing it and, and, you know, progress on this path or not. You have that choice. Right. Yeah. So um, let me see here. There was uh, something something else that I've been dying to ask you. <laughs> Every single first time that I got to see some of your work uh, in in your your Trace Luna uh, on that page on your Facebook page, you do really amazing work. I love the jewelry and stuff that you make. It's just beautiful and magical. <laughs> so what I really wanted to know is uh, where do you get the inspiration for the jewelry and things that you make? I mean, some of that stuff is just fantastic. And I know that uh, some of them are custom pieces that you do for people who um, order uh, custom orders from you. And a lot of it is just unreal. So what inspires yeah. you to create these works of art? Um. It goes back to spirituality, too. Pretty much everything I do with the tattooing as well. Like, if you look at my style at all, it has this root in, like, the occult and supernatural and spiritual stuff and sacred geometry and, you know, animism and everything that has to do with uh, nature and death and rebirth and all that stuff. So, um, 
with the jewelry is no different. I just, uh, I was making stuff that I thought would be, uh, have a certain type of energy. Someone the wearer would wear it. They could have that energy of whatever the piece embodied, you know? Because mm-hmm. I feel like every piece has its own kind of spirit, its own thing going on. Um, so I would just be drawn to certain crystals and and bones and stuff. And I got a lot of bones from uh, this Apache uh, Indian woman. She had a lot of her... Uh, her husband had passed away and he was he did a lot of crafts like native crafts and stuff and they use a lot of bones and things in their crafts and she she had a bunch and she uh she sold them to me so they've been blessed by uh apaches and i just i thought that was really cool and i wanted to offer that to people so they could have a little piece of that kind of stuff because you know, a lot of us, we don't really have access to that. Like I have uh, right now sitting on my table, I got some wolf uh, toe bones and some bear toe bones. Uh, I'm probably going to make some runes with them or something. But I, I was just blessed to find someone who had uh, things that you, you can't just walk outside usually and find that stuff. And I feel like they have qualities, they embody the qualities of, these animals or the spirit of these animals and we can use that to our advantage when we're uh you know light workers or shamans or witches or whatever we can embody that energy you know from the animals so that's kind of what I do with my jewelry that's awesome that's awesome thank you as soon as you mentioned the uh the wolf toes and stuff the first thing that popped in my head was runes <laughs> yeah <laughs> runes. I would love to have some runes uh, out of that <laughs> so I know. what would someone do if they wanted a custom piece from you they can either go uh, to my Instagram account which is Lenore underscore the underscore oracle and you can send me a message there you can also see the kind of stuff I make. I have a lot of pictures up. So if there's stuff that uh, that they're interested in, they can message me. Um, I can make new pieces. I have a lot of, like, raccoon jaw bones, and I have teeth. I got some wolf teeth. I have coyote fangs and some other stuff. Um, I just haven't uh, put it all together because, I, you know, I'm really busy, but if people want something custom, they have something in mind, or they just say, hey, do whatever you want. Um, create me something. I just want um, the bones and the crystals because that's what I specialize in. I'm not really doing, like, little charms and things like that. But if you want a piece like I make and you don't mind what it looks like or you do and you, got, you have a vision, either way, I can work with you. and. Uh, you can message me on Instagram, my Facebook, just Lenore the Oracle. And I have the Trace Luna's page, too, like you said. So there's a bunch of ways you can contact me and find me. Awesome. I'll be sure to put all of those links in the description, both on uh, Anchor and uh, YouTube. And I'll put them all on the website, too, if I can. Um, 
All right. So let's get into the nitty gritty <laughs> and talk about what we love the most. Well, not the most. I know we love art the most, <laughs> but let's talk about manifestation. This is what uh, I talk about, you know, mostly on the show. It's centered around um, learning how to create and manifest for yourself. So what are your techniques for manifestation that never fail? Or what what are some of the things that you do that always work? Mm-hmm. Um, so visualizing, I don't make a storyboard or anything like that. I think that can kind of get in the way of the natural flow of things because you have to also accept that it just because you're good at manifesting doesn't mean it's going to look exactly like you pictured it, you know, and yeah. it might not come at the exact time that you want. So making those storyboards kind of keeps you in this like energy of you're not open to it happening any other way. And I feel like you need to be open to how just be open to receiving. So that would be my first thing. Is that, being makes, open to that makes a lot of sense because I, I've done vision boards. And and they just they never seem to really work out. So that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they don't because they keep you they keep it, it restricted that energy flow because you're so concerned with the outcome and how it's going to happen that you don't actually have that flow. You're not in that flow state or that receiving state because mm-hmm. you're turning down anything that doesn't match up with that vision board. And, you know, that can actually be worse for you. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't go by those. I never use, like, the vision boards or anything. Um, So just being open to receiving. And um, I do use, I do visualize things, but I'm not uh, attached to the outcome being only that one way, if that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... uh, and then just um, feeling works really well. It's something I learned is that if you really want, uh, say you want a new car or something or whatever it is you're trying to manifest it, just sit in that feeling of what it would feel like to have it because that's bringing in that energy. So if you, if you're like, imagine yourself sitting in that new car and you're driving down the road and you have this feeling and it just feels so great and it, doesn't it feel good to have that new car? You know, it's having that feeling, and it's like for that second you have that new car. Because in your mind, you, you feel like you have that new car, and that's how you're attracting it towards you is by having that feeling. You're attracting that energy because you're not in that lack mindset. You can't go the other way and say, wow, it'd be really nice to have this car that I don't have and uh, you know, I hate walking and I'm just going to focus on all the negative things. Like I hate the car I have right now. and uh, Everything's bad. Blah, blah, blah. If only I could, I wish for this, whatever. That's not going to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would totally gonna make your car break down and you're never going to, you know, it's just going to bring more chaos into your life. So. I would, I would totally go to a, a car lot and test drive a car just that I wanted just to sit in it so that I could remember and visualize it all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would yeah. do. <laughs> when, 
when I used to do housekeeping, I would just visualize that because I would do housekeeping for really, you know, wealthy people and they lived in really nice neighborhoods and really nice houses and stuff. And um, I would just kind of imagine myself that that house was mine, even though I was cleaning it and, you know, obviously it wasn't my house, but it just, what would it feel like to live here and, you know, enjoy this view and whatever else that I liked about that house. And um, I think I'm not, I never got the mansion or anything, but when I was looking for an apartment, I, it came really fast. It came really quickly because I wasn't sitting there thinking like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll never find a place to live. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I mean also by not being attached to the outcome. So I'm never disappointed. So say you're thinking, oh, wow, it'd be really nice to live in this mansion, and you get um, a two-bedroom rental. You don't diss this rental. Like, that's a gift that you receive from the universe. You need to be grateful and appreciate what you have. Right. Exactly. At some point, maybe you'll get there to that mansion, but if you're just constantly in this lack mindset where it's never good enough for you, then you're you're going to start going backwards with manifesting and you're going to not continue receiving more and more. It's no different than spells and, and stuff and how uh, shamans used to, uh, manifest things. I mean, what did they do? They chanted, they sang. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of emotion behind songs. Right. And speaking something into existence, that's kind of how spells are. You know, you write them out, you say them out loud, you send that energy out into the world. So there's a lot of new books, there's new people coming out with this whole manifestation, you know, thing and like, like, uh, it's nothing new. For one, it's not new at all because we've been doing it since, you know, the beginning of time. But for two, it's not exclusive to a certain set of people who, they almost make it out like, oh, well, you have to do it this certain way or it won't work. But that's yeah. not true. It's uh, witches and shamans and stuff have been doing this forever. We We just didn't have it in a fancy package and go on stage and do a TED talk about it and have a book about it and have retreats that we charge $600 per night and stuff like that, you know, and drive around in fancy cars and have mansions and and act like we're some kind of guru. That That's kind of where it's going with this law of attraction thing. I, that's the part of it. I don't really like, I mean, attract what you want, but don't uh, take advantage of people while you're doing it. I can can honestly tell you what I see in the future (laughs) about that whole situation. What I see in the future is making money that way is going to end very soon because people are starting to understand that these abilities are natural. They are yeah. part of being human. You know, we have we don't have them because we're witches, and we don't have them because we're shaman. We don't have them because we're this or that or whatever. We have them because yeah. we're human. And when when more and more people are start understanding that, they'll stop. You know, that whole business 
is not going to last forever. So you guys cash in. Yeah. Those who are cashing in, do it while you can because it's going to end. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going. But the, what I would add to that is that, uh, yeah, it's true with that because we're witches or shamans or whatever else or gurus or, uh, you know, monks or whatever, but um, uh, you can, you're going to manifest no matter what. Everybody's manifesting all the time, no matter what. The thing even is, if you don't know you're doing it. Yeah, even if you don't know you're doing it. But what all these books and all these retreats and things are about training your mind to manifest what you want, because we're going to manifest things we don't really want mm -hmm. if we don't know what we're doing. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Yep. And that's okay. about when you, when you start learning how this energy works. It doesn't really matter what you're calling yourself at that point. It, if you understand how it works, it, it's that people are going through life not knowing how it really works for them. And so mm -hmm. they're blaming their misfortune on this, like, oh, I don't have control. Everything just happens to me kind of mindset when, uh, in reality, they have control, and oftentimes these negative things are because of their mindset. They're just they need to be trained how to uh, attract what they want instead of attracting the stuff they don't want into their life. Absolutely. That's where these people are making money off of it because they know that it's hard to get to that mindset. It takes time and dedication, and that's why meditation is a thing, and you know, witchcraft spells all that stuff why that's a thing because it takes a certain kind of you know dedication to train your brain to think a certain way to manifest the things you want so these people are making a lot of money off of teaching people but a lot of it's kind of fluff that they throw in there and that you don't really need <laughs> it's yeah. pretty easy when you figure out how it works it's pretty easy to kind of have your own formula and and I think it doesn't even work the same for everyone. Like you can get a book and there might be 20 steps and you follow all those steps and it's still not working for you. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's your mind, you know, and maybe. You have to know your own mind first. It's not working for you. So you got to figure out how to tailor it to your, your own individual experience that you're having. Mm -hmm. You must know thyself. Exactly. You know your own mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the worst thing you ever manifested? Like, have you manifested something that you really wish that you hadn't? Um. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. I think that things are learning experiences, so I don't like to look at it as um something bad. Right. Because all the situations I've been in where I would like to perceive them as negative in the long run they've really benefited me so i i i don't really feel like i've manifested anything bad there's some things that i wish i would have learned the lesson sooner and yeah and been done with the cycle instead of re uh attracting the same sort of if you want to perceive it as a negative cycle because I just wasn't getting the lesson, I wasn't learning. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had an out-of-body experience 
uh, as in like astral travel or near death or uh, something like that? Yes, I have. I've had a grand mal seizure and I had an out-of-body experience during that where I was kind of your typical out-of-body. I was above my body. I could see myself on the floor. I could see myself having a seizure. I could see my mom. I could see the uh, nurse. I could see the room. It was like I was floating above everything and I could see it all. And when uh, I came back to and I came back like into my body. I remember the nurse saying, um, if you don't, she was talking to me on the ground, but it was like I heard it from outside of my body. Mm -hmm. Um, She was saying, if you don't stop having a seizure, because it was like I would go into another seizure and then I'd kind of stop and then I'd go into another seizure. And then she was like, holding me and like, if you don't stop having these seizures, you're going to have brain damage or whatever, something bad can happen. And it was like, I was telling my higher self, like, we need to stop this whole thing. <laughs> you need to come back down and we need to stop doing this. And uh, when I came back to, I just, it was very emotional. I was crying and I slept for, uh, I don't know, I slept for like five hours in the hospital and then when I went home, things just weren't the same after. It was really strange. Um, I guess uh, I kind of spiked my anxiety a little bit because I, I was close to that feeling what it's like to, to like not be in myself anymore. And it was like this fear of is it going to happen again and stuff like that. And it was kind of traumatic. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Um, I've had other things when I was before that, when I was pretty young. Um, I was learning how to swim, and I almost drowned. And uh, I did drown, I guess, but um, I was pulled back to uh, the beach, and then I just coughed up a bunch of water and stuff and then passed out for hours because I was exhausted. But... uh, I had an, a really weird, strange experience uh, there, too. It was like uh, I saw a being, another a being in the water that wasn't human. Wow. Yeah. But I've had a couple of things like that. Um, those are the main two that stand out to me. Do you feel like uh, these intense experiences had any kind of significant effect on your spirituality and um and you know how how did it change your life or the way you felt about your spirituality and stuff like that yeah especially the ones that when I was younger and I was drowning um because the being that helped me uh wasn't from this earth and they were it was so real I mean um my stepbrothers who were with me at the time they said I elevated out out of the water like I was being pushed up out of the water like a surge um and that that's what it was like the, the being was pushing me up out of the water and uh after the whole thing 
it was just this knowing that there's more out there. Like, it wasn't a question anymore. It wasn't like, I wonder. It was like, yeah, there's other things out there, and they help you. Sometimes they help you. Like, whatever people want to call it, angels or entities or spirits or whatever. But at a very young age, I knew that I was protected and that if something bad was going to happen, I had a being that was going to protect me. And I've been in a lot of situations where things were close and uh, I was in danger or whatever, and somehow came out of it. And I just had this, like, faith and this knowing that uh, they'll always be there to help me. Uh, I didn't have, like, a lot of fear when it came to getting hurt or something. I just, <laughs> I just knew, like, something's got my back. Some kind of spirits, they got my back spirit guides or angels or whatever, I, I knew at a young age, like, the world wasn't just black and white or how we see it. And, yeah, that's, it did change me, and it definitely made me spiritual because I never, uh, I never second-guessed it from that point on. It's like, I knew it. That's the reason I was alive, you know? Like, I I owed my life to whatever it was that helped me out. So it'd be kind of, I would be kind of a jerk if I was like, oh, that's not real, you know. All that mm. stuff is stupid. <laughs> just my imagination. <laughs> yeah, just my imagination that pushed me like five feet out of the water. <laughs> right. Well, you know, that's, that's usually what people think about stuff like that. You're just imagining things because you were, and you know you were in a trauma at the at the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, or like the whole DMT thing and stuff. And I get it. Like our minds do work like that, and things. Uh, we do have some crazy visions and stuff. But when you're physically being pushed by something, that goes beyond right. mm-hmm. seeing something. <laughs> Absolutely. That's really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, we're just about out of time. I just want to thank you for for coming on here and talking to me and sharing your stories and your ideas with everybody and also for sharing your art with the world because it is beautiful. I'm going to be sure to leave your links and everything in the description and uh i'm I'm just i'm so thrilled that you came on here and talked to me yeah thank you i'm actually honored that you asked me on the show so well i'm very excited for this long i couldn't imagine not asking you (laughs) (laughs) so um great it feels great to connect with like-minded people so I, I always love talking to people like yourself well I you know and I do too and it's it's we always feel okay so we're on the internet we're finding people on the internet and uh we think it's just the internet it's just Facebook it's just YouTube but honestly I've met some really really interesting and genuine people from the internet you know so i I just think just because we're 
a long ways apart. You know, I'm in Louisiana, you're in Washington, but we, I feel like we have had a connection. We've talked a lot before this and, um, you know, it's not unthinkable to have a real genuine connection with people. <laughs> That's what I think. Definitely. Definitely. My friend was saying that uh, he feels, he's like, everyone I meet that, um, that I really get along with that thinks along the same lines as me. They're, they're all so far away and everyone's just scattered up about, you know. And but his theory on it is that uh, as light workers and enlightened people and stuff, that we're kind of meant to change other people's perspective on life. So we're all just kind of scattered around, you know, because if we were all in one group close to each other, it wouldn't really serve a purpose, you know, we'd be we'd be happy because we'd all be like kindred spirits and like-minded, but everyone around us that needs to benefit from the way we think, you know, they, they wouldn't, we wouldn't actually be on a mission changing anybody's perspective. Absolutely. It's kind of the same way I think about uh, uh, what you said about the, the support groups and stuff. Uh, You know, when, when you are, focused on all the people who agree with everything you say <laughs> you're not helping anyone <laughs> you know no. no you need that duality and you need people to trigger you and you need people to see it black when you see it white and whatever like you need these kind of uh you know arguments if you want to call it that but contrast definitely contrast exactly that's the word I was looking for you need contrast like there's there's so many people that are like I never want to feel uncomfortable I never want to be challenged I never want to uh have a negative experience everything is puppy toes and rainbows yes and they call them spiritual and I'm going girl or guy or whatever you're not going to ascend on the path that you're on if you're denying everything that could possibly be a growing experience for you you're just going to be stuck in this mindset where everything's rainbows and butterflies and (laughs) you're you're basically living in this delusional land that you've created for yourself because you cannot deal with how the real life is you can't deal with how people actually are and what's really going on in the world so you're just going to close yourself in, you know, dream about unicorns all day. <laughs> Absolutely. Very far. <laughs> yes. And, you know, like me and you, we've, we've been talking for a while uh, through messages and such. We share things with each other. And we don't always agree on everything. You know, my, mm-hmm. my best friend, Amiti, we don't agree on everything. But yeah. if you if you're if you only talk to people who agree with you, then you're not growing at all either. Right. So right. Well, yeah, what's the point of that? I you know, I like having I like talking to enlightened people who can see things differently, but when you're talking to someone who just agrees with everything you say and they think exactly like you, it gets boring after a second because they don't bring anything to the table and you're not really making them see things differently. They're not really helping you see things differently. So, Absolutely. you know, for a second, it's 
fun. It's like, yeah, you know, we, we think exactly alike. But then after a minute, you, you kind of realize there's no uh, challenge. Yeah. There's no mental challenge going on. <laughs> yeah, and we need that. But the only reason I think the way I do now is because people have challenged me over the years. I remember when I met um, my ex-husband and although like that relationship wasn't always the best for me, but there's things that he helped me see that when we first got together, I was just closed off in my own little box where I felt like things were just a certain way and I wasn't really going to see him any other way and he thought vastly different for me and he actually helped me think outside the box, even though I, I always thought I was open-minded and creative and everything. But there were definitely things that I was stuck on that I didn't want to explore due to fear. It was scary or whatever. So I was just going to be like, no, nope, that doesn't exist. I'm not going to think about it. And, uh, you know, he, kind of, he helped expand my mind and my view. And there's other people that... You might see them as negative, but it's not. That's why I say I never think of a situation as negative, because even though we fought in, yes, that low vibration, I guess, you know, negative in the moment, it doesn't feel good. Afterwards, you're like, oh, I've grown. I see things differently now. I'm expanding. I'm changing. And that's what life is. So we can't stay stuck with people that are just always, yes, dude, you're right. You're so right all the time. <laughs> Completely right. <laughs> I enjoyed this. I hope that uh, I can get you back on here sometime to talk about other more specific things, too. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, it was great talking with you and being on the show. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.